Thanks, Barry. I think they vibrate. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay, let's get this web conference underway. We'll just start with a karakia. I'm Shelley, the Learns Field Trip teacher, and really pleased to be able to introduce you to all our experts today. We have got a whole lot of people from the Department of Conservation and DOC is supporting this trip along with the Ministry of Education. And we'll start with, we've got Damien over here. Hi everyone. And Brad next to me. Hi guys. Myself, of course. And Nancy. Morena. And in, in the corner there. So very lucky <laughs> Very lucky to have four experts to answer your questions today. And of course, we've also got our ambassadors. We have Pingu Penguin from West Park School, who is a big hello to them. And you can read about Pingu's adventures as he travelled up here to Mount Summers yesterday. And we've got, of course, very appropriate for this trip, Maya, the cheeky Kia, who is looking forward to spending some time in the high country, in the mountains, um, the Learns Ambassador. And right now we are sitting in the games room at the Mount Summers Holiday Park. And it was a bit of a challenge to get all these guys back on task because they started playing Table tennis. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to um, put some rules in place so that they're not just playing table tennis all week and they're actually guiding us up into Ōtutharakai to find out what creatures we can find up in that wetland area. So it's a beautiful day here in Mount Summers uh, and we're looking forward to hopefully some sunshine up the valley because yesterday it was a howling nor'wester and clagged in in the mountains and crossing... Uh, the rivers, the braided rivers, they were all flooded because there's been heaps of rain in the mountains. So we're, we're lucky to have good weather today. So later on today, we'll head up the valley. But in the meantime, we will have some time to uh, answer all your questions. So we have our speaking school, North Street School. Welcome along and a big welcome to all our listening schools this morning. I know North Street... North Street School, your teacher has been sick, so there hasn't been much time to prepare any questions. But we'll see what questions you might have, and then we'll open it up to any questions that our, our listening schools have as well. And if you can say your name before you ask it, your question, it helps us to know who we're talking to. Okay, so North Street, can we have your first question, please? Um, hello, I'm Charlotte, and my question is. Um, do, um, what is the most rarest bug that you could probably find in your backyard? The rarest bug in, I guess, this area, because you guys are all from this Geraldine Mount Summers kind of area. Who would like to answer that one? I think that's yours, <laughs> Oh, well, my backyard's the hills, because I'm in the hills every day, and uh, just behind us, we've got Mount Summers. We're in the Mount Summers Holiday Park now. 
And on Mount Summers is a very cool bug. It's a ginormous big alpine wetter, and it grows this big, and it is bright red, and it's got white and black stripes on it. It is pretty amazing. So that's the Mount Summers wetter. You might be able to look him up on the internet and have a look at a photo of him, but he's a pretty cool bug. Sounds very big. I haven't seen one of those. I'm imagining it actually probably feels quite heavy being that. Oh, that yeah, and he's all armoured up. He's like got big plates of armour all over him and really funky critter. Sounds a little bit scary, but I would love to see one of those. Anyone else have a favourite critter that they know of? I don't know. See, I'm, I'm from up in, the, in Auckland. I've just moved down here. Um, and I guess, you know, it all depends where your backyard is. You know, backyards down here are quite different from backyards up where I'm, where I'm from. And there are, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of bugs and, and scientists are discovering new ones all the time. So, um, so if you find a bug in your backyard, it's possible that no one else has seen that one before. Mm -hmm. And you could take a photo of it on iNaturalist, that app, if you don't know what it's called, because then there'll be a whole lot of people that can come onto the site and give you advice about what that species is and they might be able to give you a name for what you've found. So check out the iNaturalist app, free to download. And Barry's got it in the background in the Learns office there for you to have a look at. And we'll move to your next question, please, North Street School. Ashton, I want to know how much species of bees are there. Oh, bees. Right. What's that? How many species of bees? Oh, that's a good question. Well, in New Zealand, we've got a lot of insects that are only found in New Zealand. They're called endemic. It means they only occur here. So, if we're talking about endemic bees, we don't have a lot. We've only got about 40, but we've actually got something like around two to 3,000 different types of wasps. But those bees and wasps are really, really important because they're actually um, pollinating a lot of the plants. So um, really important that we look after bees and, and native bees and wasps. The other, the other special thing about um New Zealand's bees is that, uh, is that our bees are solitary bees. So unlike the honeybee that, uh, that is, I guess, the commonest bee that you see around, or that you might step on in your, in your school field and get stung by, um, our bees don't form big hives. They often live close to each other because they, um, because they like the same kind of habitat to, to live in, and they make little burrows, but they don't, they don't hang out together and help each other. So they're called solitary bees compared to the, the big you know, colony bees or colonial bees that, uh, that have been introduced. Yeah, and New Zealand bees tend to be smaller and not terribly brightly coloured. And that's what we see in a lot of New Zealand insects and animals is that they don't tend to be ginormous and they don't tend to be brightly coloured. So that's just a feature of New Zealand's um, invertebrates. Mm, really good question and very Great important question. species. <laughs> question number three, please. So say hi, I'm Mia. Hi, I'm Mia, and I would like to know how many types of primates there are in the world. Oh, Mia, that is a challenging <laughs> one. Anyone want to have a go? <laughs> I'd go with lots. <laughs> 
I think there are, you know, you know, we have our own special uh, endemic native um, uh, praying mantis. We also have here uh, one that looks very similar, but has come over from South Africa, and we're a bit worried that it's slowly displacing our native one. But there are other praying mantises, or mantids as they're called, all over the world, and some of them are very rare and very big. Um, there's one uh, that's um, in, a, in Australia, there's a big, they're called phasmids is the scientific name, and that was very rare and has only just been um, hopefully rescued uh, and started being bred in captivity. But, you know, New Zealand, um, New Zealand mantises, uh, you know, they're amazing predators where they're big, you know, they're big bent elbows that, that can grab things. But they are, you know, they, there's a different kind of mantis just about everywhere. They are very intriguing looking creatures. You might want to do some Google research about those to find out some more. And your next question, please. Okay, go. Hi, I'm Logan, and I'm wondering how many um, how many types of butterflies is there in NZ? Oh, you got some tricky questions Ooh, about lots of different oh species gosh. today. <laughs> challenging for our experts. Butterflies. Anyone can help Logan with that one? <laughs> so, I think, so New Zealand actually doesn't have that many butterflies. I can only think of maybe half a dozen off the, off the top of my head. And some of them are very special and are only found here. And most of them really depend, like a lot of, a lot of butterflies, they really depend on one kind of, of plant. So we have an endemic butterfly called the Red Admiral, and it needs to, it needs to its caterpillars need to eat the native nettles, okay? They need to eat onga onga, it's a big tree nettle, but there are other nettle species that they can eat. And lots of nettles have been cut down by people because they, they prick people and they hurt people. So there aren't as many nettles as there used to be, so there aren't as many butterflies. But there are other butterflies, there's a forest ringlet, there's little um, copper butterflies, butterflies. Um, and they all need a different plant. So we haven't got, but we haven't got very many uh, butterflies because we're a pretty small country, but we have got lots and lots and lots and lots of moths. We've got some amazing moths, which of course are similar to butterflies, but aren't butterflies. And New Zealand butterflies are like, just like we said about the other invertebrates, they tend to be smaller and they tend to be a little bit less brightly coloured as well. So that's another not interesting... Like, not like Brad, who's got the very <laughs> bright colour. Brad wouldn't be a good New Zealand butterfly at all because he sticks out completely. You know, Nancy here is fading with the couch, though. Excellent New Zealand butterfly. Yep, it's... it's Stock uniforms of varying degrees today. So we've got the the uh, more olive green. We've got the high vis version, and safety conscious, and the <laughs> camouflage blend in version, and the bright in version yes. over in the corner there. So yeah, different species here today too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another question, please. Okay, um, who has a question? My question. Oh, no, Jay. Jay. Oh, okay, Ashton, you can have another turn. Yeah. <laughs> sit down, sit down. Hi, really? I'm Ashton. I was wondering how much um, pipes of ants are there. Oh, that's a tricky one. And I, I remember um, doing some research for this field trip and writing a background page about New Zealand animals. And I think 
Um, there was a section about what was missing in New Zealand, and I think ants weren't as as abundant in no, New Zealand as other countries. There's only about 30 species of native ants, so that's really strange. Mm. Normally, you expect there to be hundreds or thousands of ants in most countries, but no, we've, we're what they call depauperate, which means we're missing a whole lot of ants. Yeah, so that's interesting. Do we, do we know why we're missing those types of creatures? Well, there's a, there's a whole, there's whole field of, of science called biogeography, and, and the main thing that comes from it is basically the bigger you are, the more species you're likely to have. And so because New Zealand isn't a particularly big country, and there have been times in the past, um, you know, during, you know, when, when sea level's been very high, when the temperature's been very warm and, and there were dinosaurs, you know, wandering around Antarctica, that New Zealand was very, very small. And at times like that, when New Zealand is really, really small, then there may only be a few different kinds of things like ant that survive. And then when New Zealand gets big again, because we're an island, there aren't other ants that can easily invade us. There are some ants that come across from other countries and cause us real problems because they get here and they really spread and they like New Zealand conditions and they can, they can out-compete or eat, um, eat our native ants. But, um, but that's, you know, the whole, the fact that New Zealand's pretty small and has been smaller is one of the things that means we're missing lots of species. Mm, really interesting and interesting to think about our biosecurity, keeping the creatures that we want in New Zealand but not letting introduce ones that can become a problem get established in our country and we can all help with that by keeping an eye out and when we travel trying not to have dirty shoes and, and things like that. We'll talk more about that during the field trip. Okay, any other questions from North Street School this morning? Hi, my name is Dan. I would like to know what type of animals can live in your backyard. Right. That's a good question. Uh, depends what your backyard is, I suppose, and where you live. Um, you could have a whole range of things. Um, I suppose it's just about looking closely and seeing what you have and maybe looking under some pieces of uh, firewood that you might have in your yard or under some rocks or just digging in your garden. You think you'll find a lot of uh, insects, right, guys? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Nancy. I think invertebrates are going to be really important because invertebrates make up 95% of all the animals in the world. So I think invertebrates are going to be a really big group. And it's funny because it's easy to look out your window and see birds and big animals, but invertebrates aren't always obvious. But I tell you what, they're always there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how many we get on our bioblitz as well. But often when you, when you talk about um, you know, what kind of animals you find in your backyard, but a lot of them aren't native animals and they're not all good animals, right, Damien? <laughs> Thanks, Anne. That's, <laughs> that's, that's correct. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the animals that you will commonly find would be in your backyard would be probably the hedgehog, um, would be, be one of the common, and various different species of birds, blackbirds, and mice, rats. They're fairly common in a backyard. Now, those mammals that I mentioned, hedgehogs, mice, and rats, are all introduced and they actually are. A problem um, is that they predate on a lot of our invertebrates um, and also our native birds so they they can be a bit of a problem um, they might look cute and cuddly but they can definitely be a problem. The other, thing, the other group that, that you're um, likely to find in your backyard or hopefully you'll find in your backyard uh, are lizards so New Zealand's got lots and lots of native geckos and skinks and we've also got one introduced 
um, skink, which is which is very common and becoming more and more common in the top of in the top of the North Island. It hasn't made it down here to um, to Waipunamu yet, but um, but you know, and hopefully it never will. But it might do. So if you look, you know, under under cover, um, under under your firewood, you know, you might find a few a few geckos or a skink, especially on a sunny day. The skinks will be out basking, but the geckos mostly come out at night. So um, so they'll probably be hiding during the day. So Shelley, yeah. I just see there's um, quite a few really good questions in the chat pod. So um, awesome, mate can put theirs in the chat as well. Probably starting with Nadia about wasps. Can you see that? Okay, so we just need to change our view here and see what we've got in the chat pod. But thank you very much, North Street School. You came up with some great questions on the spot there and organised yourself well to ask those. So great job. Any other questions, as Barry said, you can pop in the, the chat pod. But uh, we've got lots to get through, so we'll start here with the questions that I can see. Um, let's see, because we might need to scroll up. Um, nada. Why are some wasps pests? 925 AM. This is you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got a question around why uh, are wasps pests? So the so you'll be talking about um, the 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 common wasp in the German wasp. They are they are pests because they are extremely aggressive. Uh, in fact, the biomass, which is the if you if you took all the wasps in New Zealand and weighed them, they would weigh more than all the introduced species that ever come into New Zealand. So they, there's a huge amount of them. Um, they're very, very aggressive. Um, as if you've ever been stung by one, you'll definitely know about that. And they will they will outcompete all our other native species. And also they are quite predatory. They will also kill our native species and, and eat them. Um, so it's a big competition factor um, with birds as well. They'll also they're competing with birds, especially in our area, in Mount Summers where we are. There's stuff, these trees, beech trees, um, have honeydew, which is which is uh, actually from another bug, but <laughs> which is a weird thing. But the, it's very sweet and it just tastes like honey and the wasps are really addicted to that in our area. And um, But the birds actually, that's a traditional food for birds and other invertebrates, but the wasps are basically displacing all them. So they... Uh, um, so they, there's multi problems with them as far as biodiversity, but then also just recreationally wise, um, people just get stung a lot. So they're, they're definitely a huge problem and form massive colonies. Not all wasps, not all introduced wasps are bad. So no. some wasps, they're little, they're little wasps that actually um, eat or live off other, other bugs that are called parasitic wasps. And some of those have been deliberately introduced because they eat or kill other things that we also don't want. So it's kind of a, a complicated business. But, but um, Damo's right, the, the German and common wasps we see around, they're a real pest. And up north, there's also paper wasps that you, mm. can, um, that you can see and get stung by. So, um, yeah, so some of the wasps are definitely bad news. Okay, and you'll just have to bear with us as we try and get through as many questions as we can. And, of course, there'll be another opportunity to ask questions tomorrow. So I'm just finding out where we were up to. One from JJ. 
What does the Mount Summers wetter eat? Wow. I've got that from JJ. Um, being a really That's large really... wetter, what does it eat? Well, I, I think that Mount Summers wetter is really funky, and I've been up looking for him a fair bit. But he actually lives up in the cliffs, in, in tiny crevices in the rocks. And, and he comes out at night in the warmer evenings. In winter, he sort of hibernates down in the cracks in the rocks and all the snow and the ice over the top of him. But he comes out at night and he forages around and he eats a whole mixture of things. He's what they call an omnivore because he eats both meat and he also eats plant matter as well. So he forages around and effectively he's like, just think of him as like a native mouse. So he's just scurrying around and he's, he'll eat um, bits and pieces of um, foliage that are, that are around, but he'll also eat any small insects that he happens to come across. So, um, yeah, that's the Mount Summers weather. And here's a, here's a question. Have you ever um, eaten a bug on purpose? Because I know there are oh, some come countries. Come on, guys. <laughs> what do you call a bug, though? But some countries, yes. they, they Invertebrates. Like <laughs> Invertebrates. I mean, come on. Who loves crayfish? And who loves power? And who loves mussels? <laughs> They're all invertebrates. Yeah, we're yeah. talking bug bugs. Bug bugs. mean real bugs. bug bugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bug bugs, no good. <laughs> um, yes, and so, you know, there's lots of common species that, uh, if you've ever been to the Hokitika Wild Food Festival, they commonly eat um, bugs. Hoo-hoo grubs are definitely a, a favourite. Um, but, you know, grasshoppers, large grasshoppers um, are often eaten as well. Um, all around the world, bugs actually have more six times the amount of protein than, than beef, I believe. So they're actually, as far, even though it's weird to eat, put them in your mouth and eat them, they're actually really nutritious for you. Uh, but I have eaten them, and they actually taste quite fine. And there's nothing wrong with onion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that there are some special ways you can prepare your bugs to make them even tastier. So in the future, you might see more bugs on the menu because it's a great source of protein. So good question. And here's a good question from room nine. I'm not sure what school, but how can we improve our biodiversity at our school? Whew, that's a big one. That's a big one. Well, so, so animals generally need somewhere to live, something to eat, and to make sure they're not being eaten by something else. So, you know, a great way of, of improving biodiversity at your school is to plant native plants. Um, I mean, it's great having a big, long, you know, big playing field to, to play sports on. But for that little creek that you might have down the back or something, it's great to plant some native plants in there to provide a bit more habitat for, for native animals. And the other, the big thing you can do is, is to try to minimise the number of pests that are there. So you can set traps uh, around your schools to to try and reduce the number of, of rats especially. Um, also, you know, especially in a country school, possums. Um, all of these things, you know, eat our, our native wildlife and reduce the biodiversity. So planting things and trapping things are really the way to go. Mm, and finding out what lives naturally in your area helps you to know what you're trying to restore or what you might be trying to get rid of in terms of introduced predators or weeds and we'll look at that during this field trip. So we've got a few questions that we've covered. Um, there was one from Wanaka Primary about wasps and why they're problematic, but uh, Damien answered that one. Um, we've talked a little bit about our wetter and the interesting insects in New Zealand um, and what type of animals we'll find in our backyard. Uh, we got here one here. We know the bullet ant has a horrible sting. What would be the most poisonous or venomous insect 
in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, probably what the, the one is we actually have a species of spider, the catapo spider. Uh, it's, uh, it's a dune, lives in the beach sort of areas. It's a little spider. It's really similar to the, to the Australian redback spider. Um, it's actually, it's an endemic to New Zealand. Um, and it's it's definitely quite poisonous. It's it's referred to as the night stinger, um, but they're actually quite quite rare um, in, in in a lot of our places. And we don't they're not really we don't really get them too much down here. More common um, places places of Taranaki um, and Canterbury, Kaitaridi uh, Spit, Wellington. Um, they're a lot more common. We have other introduced um, species. Um, that can give a nasty bite, uh, the white-tailed spider, for example, and there's also a couple other species of, of catapo-like. We do have redbacks here in New Zealand and also a false catapo that's from South Africa, which looks very similar and also can give a, a nasty bite. Um, white-tails, yeah, can definitely, that's probably a really common one that most of you guys would have seen around the place, so pretty much everywhere, and definitely have, uh, potentially have quite a disastrous effects if you get bitten by them. You've got 20 minutes to get to a hospital, apparently, if you get bitten by one. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, they, they, what, was it what? White tail, white tails, there's a, a big word. They can, they can, oh, sorry, white, tails. White, tails. white tails can contain um, sometimes a disease called necrotizing fasciitis. <laughs> so that's a really big word, and I suggest that uh, you either write that down or, um, or have a teacher or have a Google of it, but it's a very nasty disease. The other, the other thing, although um, there's, you know, not many insects that are, that are poisonous, native insects that, that we notice, um, lots of native insects have got decent jaws on them and can give you a pretty painful bite. So the, the wetter especially, so a male wetter, even a, even a bush wetter, you know, you'll see he's got the big jaws on them. Other, other insects like hoo-hoo beetles, you know, you think they look innocent enough, but they've got big, they're called mandibles, uh, uh, insects' jaws. And they can and they can draw blood. I remember being surprised at just how hard um, a, a, a wetter, a big male wetter, can bite me. And I've heard centipedes. Can yeah, quite yeah. Vicious. So they also. Uh, I was forgetting the whole centipede thing. So you're not insects, though. You know, not really. Not you haven't got your six legs yet. True. But um, true. but the but the native centipedes are, are, are toxic. They're also very aggressive and quite poisonous. And and a bite um, from a from a from a centipede can really you know cause you quite a lot of pain. Oh, lots of good questions this morning. <laughs> and from Lockie, we've got what New Zealand bugs are at the top and bottom of the food chain? That's a good question. Ah, so what's it? So, so the so some of the some of the insects that are at the at the top of the food chain. So things like the like the the wetter that um, that. Uh, Brad mentioned before. I mean, it cruises around and, and eats um, just about anything, and it's big enough to avoid being eaten by a lot of other things. So it's not big enough; it's not going to be able to to avoid a, a rat will probably still munch on it. But um, some of the it's probably near the top of the food chain for a, for a um, for a native insect. I'm trying to think about what what native yeah. insects get in. Like maybe the the aquatic ones get yeah, uh, so, to the bottom. So like we got lots of. Um, aquatic insects and so the ones that come to mind for me um, bottom of the food chain are probably going to be like your grazing um, insects and they're like 
hiding underneath the rocks and they're just basically grazing along the top of the rocks and they're eating all the algae and, and films off the rocks. And what they're doing is they're actually taking all of that um, photosynthetic energy that's, that's being put, um, that's being coalesced there by the, by the um, algae from the sun and they're going to take that up into the animal kingdom. So um, mayflies, stoneflies, they're grazers, and basically it's like a herd of cows in a paddock. They're just <laughs> moving along the top of the rock and they're eating all the, all the green film off the rock. So they'd be down towards the bottom of the food chain there. Nice. Okay, and we're just scrolling down now. Lots and lots of questions. We've only got time for a few more. Uh, what is the most popular insect you would find in your backyard? Popular, maybe most common? I'd say something like a slater would be really common. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Slaters. You would have all seen slaters before, I can imagine. Or earwigs. Yep. Earwigs, yes. Yep. And sometimes, you know, during the year, some kinds of insect, you'll find lots and lots of them, and then there'll be none at all for ages. So things like crickets, you know, in cricket season, you get heaps and heaps of crickets. And then, you know, when it's cold, you don't, you don't get many. The same with cicadas. They're, they can be deafeningly loud in the summer, but um, good luck trying to find one in your backyard in the winter. Mm. And what is the rarest animal in New Zealand? Ooh, the rarest. Ooh. There's a wow. lot of rare animals. <laughs> 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 yeah. Probably used to be the black robin, I would think. Yeah, yeah. used to be the black robin. So there are some very mm. rare birds. So the New Zealand fairy tern is very rare. There's only about six or eight pairs of, of, um, of fairy tern up in the northern part. They're rarer even than, than kapapal. And some things that people think are rare, like, like some of the kiwi, actually, there's, there's quite a few of. But those are birds, and people kind of know lots of birds and camp lots of birds. The real worry is that there's something really rare that we don't even know that, um, that is getting rarer. So... Some of the less common things, some of the insects. I mean, there are some very rare insects we do know about, but there's probably some rare insects we don't know about. Mm, and you could do some more research on that to find out some more. Um, are there any bee species that can kill humans in New Zealand? I don't think so, unless people have allergies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the most harmful pest to our environment? Wow, yeah, I think that's a matter of opinion in some ways, mm. but I'd have to say the stoat's pretty high. Um, mm. They're pretty vicious predators and um, can go for birds that are, you know, 10 times the size of themselves. Um, so, yeah, that would be my vote. I think it's, you know, it's probably a bit of a competition between rats and stoats and, and um, possums. Yeah. What, what are your, what's your top three, Damien? <laughs> um... Yeah, I definitely agree that stoats, rats, and possums are definitely a, a high on the list. But it is a it's a it's a great big competition for for resources. Um, possums are largely uh, you know are omnivorous, but they 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 very much do like trees, so they're competing for birds and eating their species. Rats will eat everything, eating the eggs. Stoats are eating the birds and the eggs. It's sort of a I wouldn't say they 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 all play a factor. Um, I wouldn't say one's more important than the other. And there are there are some others you mentioned. There are some some pests that that are so tiny you can hardly ever, you can hardly see them. So some of the things that we're worried about are tiny little pathogens, little funguses like myrtle rust mm. or the cowdy dieback disease. You know, which is a, which is another fungus which is too small for you to see, but will actually you know make huge changes to to our forests. Mm. Mm. And Didymo. The lots. Yeah, Didymo. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Nice. 
lots of problem species. And we could say that sometimes people can be a real problem species as well, but we can, <laughs> we can also be um, helping. So we need to make that choice as to whether we're a problem or um, part of the solution. Um, let's see, we've got so many questions. We've probably only got time for a couple more. Um, what about the one about the favourites from Hudson? Oh, yes, because everybody will have their, their favourites from Hudson. What is your favourite bug in New Zealand and why? Mm, who would like to start? We'll start with Damien over in the corner here. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm probably slightly different. I actually really like bees. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big bee guy and um, I really I actually just really like the classic honeybee which is introduced I know but um, I'm quite partial to bees and the bumblebee especially mm, yep pretty cool creatures and have a very important job to do Brad well I'm gonna be a little bit different I reckon aquatic bugs are really amazing so I think Ian just went because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what I'm gonna say but have a look at a Dobson fly larvae. They're like the tigers of the of the insect world. Underwater, they're like carnivores, and they're hanging out in the rocks, and they're grabbing hold of mayflies and stoneflies as they go past and gulping them down. So they actually get so big that they're called toe biters because they can nip you on your toes when you're paddling in the rocks. So mm. I reckon toe biter is pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. And I'd have to say I really like grasshoppers. I think they're amazing. Some of them are amazing colours, and they can jump such amazing distances that, yeah, that would be my favourite. Nancy? Uh, mine's not a bug, but mine is a moth. It's called uh, the Pūrere moth. It's a big one. It's about this big, um, and it lives in a tree trunk for seven years, and then it comes out and lives for two days or two nights, and it has to breed within that time, and then it dies. Wow. Um, you stole my, you stole my, you stole my animal. You stole my oh, favorite animal. So no, no, not you. Uh, the, it was the. Um, so I'm also a bit of a grasshopper fan. Uh, and uh, years ago, I used to work with um, with a big staunch uh, endemic grasshopper called the robust grasshopper, Rocaspis robustus. And I just love them because they're just built like a tank. They're a very serious grasshopper, you know. And if you were grasshopper sized, you'd be absolutely terrified of them. So yep. And if, I, if I'm allowed a second bid. It would be the cicada, kihi kihi. There's a, there's a few different species in New Zealand, but I love them because they're the sound of summer to me. So if you can hear the cicadas, you know, you know it's summertime. Yeah, and I like nothing better than walking up in the mountains and the tussock and every step you take, there's grasshoppers that just are bounding all <laughs> over the place. And you can tell it's a healthy environment when it's like that because there haven't been a whole heap of predators eating them. Okay, we might have time for one more question. Um, I'm going to choose this one because I have a, a fear and a fascination with arachnids. I really like them, but they scare me completely. Spiders. How many arachnids are there in a backyard? I'm assuming New Zealand, so spider species in New Zealand. Anyone like to have a, have a blast at that one? Boy, tricky. No, no. no. <laughs> Arachnids is a really big group. It's not just spiders. Yeah, yeah. There's all that you might see. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, pseudo yeah. spiders <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Well, that's tricky. There's lots, so many of these bug questions. It's really a pity that none of us are entomologists. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so we're all kind of clutching at straws for things. But if you think about how many different little kinds of habitat you've got in your backyard, and probably each one's got a special little spider. I remember my 
my backyard, we used to have quite a few grey house spiders. They're a, I don't know how to describe them. They're a, a decent-sized spider, you know, that make little webs in the corner of your... Um, uh, the corner of your of your windows and your front door. Um, they often actually live in cars too and build little webs around your wing mirrors. Mm. Um, I like to call those a car spider. They're not really a different species, <laughs> but there you go. But even inside your house, you'll have often have things like daddy long legs, which is a pretty common spider that people see around. And you'll also probably see the little native spiders that crawl around on the ceilings. And they don't build a web, they just crawl around um, and, and, and leap on their food. But if you go outside into your backyard and start turning over plants and looking at compost tape, you'll see lots and lots of different kinds of arachnid. And that's what we challenge you to do this week is to get out into your backyard and have a look around. You might not do a thorough bioblitz, but just have a look. Have a look under rocks and under plants and maybe even go out when it's dark and see what different species you can find because it's all about knowing what's in your backyard so you can appreciate it and protect it. So well done everyone for some amazing questions, some of which we could answer and some of which we couldn't. <laughs> um, and you can join us tomorrow to ask us more questions. So sorry about those ones that we haven't got time to answer, but we've got to head up the valley um, and make the most of a nice sunny day here in Mount Summers. So a big thank you to everyone and thanks to North, North Street School, our speaking school. And now you can all unmute and say a big goodbye. Bye, guys. Well done.